Good to be here. Um, let's get our Bibles, please. And uh, let's turn to uh, 2 Kings 22. 2 Kings chapter 22 and verse number 19. Beautiful day out there today. I got Brother Fred Dye with us here. This uh, he'd been here with us all week. He's our missionary to Mexico. Um, you want to ask him any questions after service? I encourage you to do that. He uh, bought a house in Nogales, Arizona, which is I think three blocks from the Mexican border. The uh, Population is probably 95% Mexican there on the American side. Um, but it's uh, much easier for him owning a house in America to build a transition back and forth. And uh, it's seven miles from his house to the church that he's ministering there in uh, Nogales, Mexico. So there's Nogales, Arizona, then Nogales, Mexico. And uh, he gets tracks out on a regular basis, ha- helps the pastor there in visiting people, and he has a van that he purchased that he uses to uh, drive people from their home to the church. Uh, recently, they had a, a, a week where they're passing out gospel tracks in Mexico and got 50,000 tracks out in a week. Uh, he and several other, other um, people that were working with him on that, uh, but they got the, the word out there in Mexico. And in Mexico, it's a little bit ter- different than here in America. You know, here in America, you might get, I don't know, three, four people out of ten that'll take a track, maybe. Um, in Mexico, it's probably nine or ten out of ten that'll take them. And oftentimes what'll happen is this person will get that track, and they'll read it, and then pass it on to another person, pass it on to another person, and by the eighth or ninth person, the track starts getting tattered, and they need another one. Sometimes you'll be standing there passing out tracks, and someone from ten, twenty feet away will come to you, to get one. So uh, quite a bit different there in, a Mex- in Mexico, and he's getting a wonderful opportunity to sow the seed. And many people there in a country that's uh, heavily steeped in Roman Catholicism, where it's faith and works, and you know, um, they don't really know better. They're blinded by the God of this world to the gospel. And here they have an opportunity to read something that's true, and they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he was crucified and buried, but to understand that it's a decision they need to make, repent of their sins and trust the Lord. Well, they're endeavoring to communicate that information to them. Hey, you can take command of your eternity and trust the Lord. And so pray for him. He'll be heading back uh, here in the next couple of days, back down to Arizona and continue the work that's going on there. And again, if you have any questions, uh, please go on back there. Brother Fred, do you mind standing up for just a minute so they know who you are? All right. Okay, with that said, let's all stand, please. Second Kings chapter 22 and verse number 19. <clears throat> Second Kings chapter 22 and verse number 19. And here Josiah, he's a good king uh, of Judah. And he's trying to fix up Judah, and Judah is beyond fixing. It's uh, uh, been going downhill hard and fast, and he's trying to reverse course and uh, Lord says, you know, it's just not going to happen. There's just too much that has happened, and uh, um, there's going to be judgment coming. But the Lord said, for you, I'll belay that judgment while you're alive. 
Let's pick it up here. Second Kings 22 and verse number 19. The Lord said here, because thine heart was tender and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse and hast rent thy clothes and wept before me. I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. All right, you can be seated. Father, I thank you for the privilege, the opportunity to be here tonight and to be able to preach and teach the Word of God. I thank you for these people that have come out faithfully tonight on a Sunday evening to hear your Word. And I pray, Father, that the Spirit of God would bless the preaching and teaching of the Word, would bless the hearing of the Word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Help us, Lord, to understand this component of getting our prayers answered, this component of tenderness. Father, we we need thee, and we want you to hear and answer our prayers according to your will, God. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So it would be wonderful to be able to have your prayers heard and, you know, answered, maybe not as you desired. Sometimes we desire the wrong thing, but... It'd be a blessing, wouldn't it? One of the key components here for getting prayers answered is tenderness, which is interesting, isn't it? You know, independent Bible-believing Baptists, you know, we tend to, you know, be a little rough around the collar maybe. Hey, we have the truth and, you know, take it or leave it. It's the truth. It's not going to change whether you like it or don't like it. Um, and that's true. It's good to have the truth. But when we come to the Lord and approach the Lord, and oftentimes we approach other people, there's nothing wrong with being tough. Or there's nothing wrong with being, you know, upright and, uh, you know, firm. But there's also nothing wrong with being tender. And there's probably something wrong with us if any one of us aren't tender at all sometime. And in approaching the Lord, probably we get further with tenderness than with, hey, Lord, your word says, and I expect... Amen? Tender. I looked up the word tender. It says in here, because thine heart was tender. A tender means soft, easily impressed, broken, bruised, or injured, not firm or hard. Tender plants. That's how the Lord describes our children. Tender olive plants. Amen? And the parents have the, a, a wonderful responsibility, but a great responsibility to take the time to train up those children like tender plants. And so we want to have a side of us when we approach the Lord of softness. They easily impressed, broken or bruised. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Maybe not a fun place to be. But there's times we should be there. And maybe if we had a broken heart before the Lord, he'd be more inclined to hear us. Didn't it say that Jesus Christ was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief? I mean, he didn't drown himself in depression. Amen? Amen. We shouldn't either. But he was acquainted with grief. And we should be too, Amen. 
Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and saveth such that be of a contrite spirit, contrite, broken, tender, very sensible to impression and pain. Very sensible. Uh, some people can just tell when you're hurting, you know. Brother, you okay? Yeah. Why? You sure nothing's going on? Well, yeah. Amen. Lord's sensitive to it, too. Tender is not weakness. You've already proved you're weak in going to the Lord for help. Amen. Without him, I can do nothing. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Being tender before God avails you to his great wisdom and might. Being tender before God also avails you to his tenderness, which we need. Immortal, invisible, almighty God. Amen. But he's tender too. Imagine a God that could speak the world into an existence and I mean, you or I, we just, we, oh, sorry about that. I didn't mean to squish you. <laughs> right? Here the Lord with all this power and his tender care. Amen. He relates to tenderness because he is. Psalms 119, 156. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Great are thy tender mercies. Where would we be without him? Quicken me according to thy judgments. Maybe if we were more tender in our dealings with those around us, God would be more tender to us in his response to our prayers. It's interesting, isn't it? Psalms 18, verse number 25 and 26. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure. With the froward, thou wilt show thyself froward. I wonder with the tender, if the Lord would show himself as tender. You know, sometimes my wife doesn't do anything to fix my situation. She'll just say, I'm sorry, honey. Can I do anything to help? No, you already are. It's amazing our heart, you know, how it can rise and fall. And sometimes we're doing great when our heart's doing great. And the Lord doesn't have to do anything necessarily in the physical realm, but he does plenty of that too. He just touches your heart and it's okay. Yeah, it's going to be okay. I wonder how our spouses, husband or wife, would respond if we were tender or more tender, or tender at the right time.
Boy, I had a rough day today. Oh, man, you wouldn't believe it. I'll tell you, and then trying to get home from work, it was something else. Uh, what's for dinner? All right, okay, so how's everything? Well, I got to get over here and get this thing going. Hey, honey, how you doing? Fine. Didn't ask you that. I said, how are you doing? How did your day go? What do you mean? I want to know how your day went. A little rough. Okay. What can I do to help? Just a little tenderness. And you and wifey will have connected. <laughs> I wonder if we'd do the same thing with the Lord, what kind of connection we'd have. I wonder how our children will respond to some tenderness. Maybe they wouldn't be yelling and screaming so much. I don't know. I don't know. I always figured the best way to handle things oftentimes with the rod. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes it's just tenderness. There's times they don't want to go to dad. They want to go to mom. Why? Mom's going to be tender. There is a time to be tough and unwavering, but not all the time, nor being tender none of the time. Tender, susceptible of the softer passions as love, compassion, kindness, compassionate, pitiful. You know what Job could have used? Pity. He didn't need to be thrown under a microscope. There wasn't nothing to find. Quit looking. I mean, the guy's sitting in front of you with boils from head to toe. He's miserable. He's lost everything but his wife. And she's told him just to, she's told him to pack it in. This is just too, too much. Why are you putting him under a microscope? How about a little pity? You know what he said to them? He said, miserable comforters are your all. Let's not get that label. Let's not get that label. Pride, it's all about self, mine, myself. Humility looks to others. Compassionate, easily excited to pity. The feeling or suffering of one person, excited by the distress of another. I mean, you're suffering because they're suffering. You commiserate with them. Amen? Pity. It's hard to do when you're busy, isn't it? I know you got stuff to do. I do. A lot of stuff going on from the day you, you know, the time the alarm goes off to the time you go to bed, you know, and then there's not enough sleep in between and you start all over again the next day. I mean, I got to sit here, stop, relax long enough, break from what I'm doing, interrupt my train of thought, focus on what you're going through and have pity. <laughs> A lot of us don't do it. But we can. We can do this. Amen. We can do this. We can break the cycle. We can get into that habit. It's a good habit. And you know something? You reap what you sow. It's a, there's a world out there. It's just mean. And it's getting meaner. The unsaved out there, they're, they're being taught to attack those they don't like and attack things they don't want to hear 
and we are saying things they don't want to hear. I think if we sow pity, we'll receive pity. I think if we sow tenderness, we'll reap tenderness. We're in a day and age we need it. Exciting, kind concern. Ephesians 4.32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Tenderhearted. Amen. Aren't you thankful that God's tender? Psalms 25.6, Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Psalms 40, verse number 11, Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. Psalms 51.1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the, unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot up my transgressions. Self-righteous pride causes us to forget our faults and sins while looking critically on others. Psalm 69, 16, hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. We probably could say with great confidence that God's tender. Amen? Sometimes you're preaching and folk are like, okay, uh, amen. Where's this taking me? But the Lord's tender, amen? And Christ in you, the hope of glory, amen? What should come from within? I mean, if he's known for that, his great tender mercies, and he's in there, I don't care how tough you are, there's got to be some tenderness in there. I mean, and if we don't show it, we're fighting against the Spirit of God, This whole thing here, we're looking at getting our prayers answered, but we can see how important it is in our relationships with one another. Second greatest commandment, right? Love one another, and this is a big part of it, I think. God can help you receive tenderness from those around you. Daniel 1.9, now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the princes of the eunuchs. Isn't that a blessing? I mean, it's a blessing when the Lord brings, you know, uh, softens the heart of those. Maybe you're a superior, maybe a, a supervisor, you know, maybe people at work. It's nice when, you know, they have uh, a tenderness towards you and you don't feel like, you know, it's me against the world. And there's times the Lord will do that. They did it for Daniel and Daniel's in a rough, rough strait. As far as I know, parents gone on his own. They're trying to twist and turn those children to the way of. The Chaldeans, the way of the world, you know that whole slant's going on right now in America. And the Lord intervened. Tenderness is needed at work from your boss to you. Tenderness is needed at home for husband and wife. It's needed for parenting. Tell you what, kids, you should be tender with your parents too. 
You're not exempt just because you're a child. If anyone can act tender and mean it, you can do it. (laughs) They need it. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. If one of prayers answered, let's ask God to help us be tender. Um, and there's another way that God can make us more tender, you know. Um, Bible says over there in First Corinthians chapter 11 that we should judge ourselves so we wouldn't be judged and condemned with the world. Right? If we judge ourselves, hey, I've done something wrong. I shouldn't have done this. Lord, have mercy on me. God, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, you know, maybe we don't have to go through the spanking machine God has for us, right? If we would judge ourselves, right? If we would say, you know, Lord, I want to get this thing right on tender. I don't want to be a punk or a sissy, but I, I don't want to be without tenderness. You're not without tenderness. And I'm, I count on that from you. Well, I want to be more tender. That would probably help us avoid this point. There's a way of making you more tender. Same way you do with a steak. Get yourself a hammer and you beat that thing. And the Lord can make you tender. And he'll do it if you won't. He did it to Job. He did it to David. You ever wonder why the world, why in the world did David suffer all that stuff before he was even king? Saul trying to kill him? Dude, the Edomite, all that stuff he went through? Tenderizing that boy. Sometimes, you know, we wonder about some of the stuff we go through as Christians. We're trying to soften us up. We're not so tough. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Maybe the part of that's in us. The Lord wants to make us more tender for others to taste and see that we're good. Why? We've got God. James 5.11, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercies. Job saw and appreciated God's tender mercies after he went through it. People that have gone through rough times tend to be more understanding than others. Man. Uh, Pastor DeMichael pastors um, Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. And uh, he got um, cancer... um, not Hodgkin's disease. Leukemia, thank you. He got leukemia, and they gave him uh, some pretty heavy-duty treatment. And he was a hockey player, professional hockey player, minor league, but he was a professional hockey player, tough guy, out of Dr. Ruckman's church, you know. Uh, and they'd play hockey. I mean, they'd play hockey full pads, knocking people on the ice, all that kind of thing. And he got uh, leukemia and went through some tough treatments, tough treatments. It changed his preaching. It's more pity, more compassion, more tenderness. It'll help us in our understanding of others to be more patient 
more effective prayer warriors. Allow God to tenderize you. Amen. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. I wonder what the Lord meant when he said perfect. You ever wonder about that? And Job went through all this, all this stuff. I mean, it was a lot. All his kids killed. All his, he had a lot of possessions, herds and flocks gone in a day. Lost it all and his health. And he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Why was he perfect? Because he got beat on and still praised the Lord. Man, let the Lord tenderize you. Don't, don't get mad at him. Don't say, I've had enough of this Bible-believing stuff. I'm out. Stick. Stay. You're getting better. It doesn't feel like it. You are getting better. You'll be better to be around others because you're going to be more patient more compassionate, more tender. The Lord will hear your prayers more readily and people will come to you and say, will you pray for me? I know you and the Lord have a thing going. Well, what was Josiah praying for? Well, you know. Retirement, home, who to marry, where to live, what job to take. What was he praying for? A wicked nation. Kind of weird, isn't it? Lord, just give them what they deserve. Luke 12, verse number 13, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Sometimes our what we hold up as a high priority isn't necessarily a high priority to the Lord. What was he concerned about? Not the inheritance. Not money. A wicked people. You know one thing weird about Jeremiah? Guy was a failure. Absolute failure. And the Lord wrote 52 chapters about that guy. 52. You ever feel like a failure? You know one of the things that marked Jeremiah? What did they call him? 
the weeping prophet. I know it bothers us the direction our nation is heading. But are we more afraid or are we more touched with concern and compassion for a nation that's, they're heading for a a ramrod and the Lord's going to hammer them. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We're not. But we know that. He was praying for a wicked nation. And he was praying, he was praying with tears in his eyes, with tenderness in his heart, and the Lord heard him. Our nation doesn't need better politicians. I mean, I would like to have better politicians. <laughs> but it needs us with a tender heart praying for it. Isaiah 1, 4, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They have gone away backward. Verse number 16, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil. Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now. Let's reason together, saith the Lord. Lord, want to have a sit-down talk with Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. Let's just, let's just sit down and talk about this. The Lord knows their end. And he's going to be the one seeing to it. But before then, he's willing to have a sit-down talk to try and Get them on the right page because they'll all be bound on any one day. And Josiah was praying for these kind of people. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they should be as wool. Here a sinful people, very deserving of God's judgment, is getting a request from God to reason for reconciliation. Our tenderness will be tested on who we pray for. Sometimes it will be people that we don't want to pray for. People that have hurt us, wronged us. Preacher, you don't understand, I'm a good Christian. How good a Christian are you when that guy cuts in front of you on the freeway? What goes through your heart and mind? Lord testing you. Can you pray for that guy? That gal? Do you want them in heaven with you? Can you have tender mercy on that guy that cut you off? Sacrificial prayer. We talked about sacrificial faith last time we were here. Sacrificial prayer. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. The first of the occurrence of the word tender is in Genesis 18, verse number 7. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And I almost overlooked this passage and discarded it as... Not applicable. 
Here Abraham is being visited by the Lord and is trying to entreat him by offering a sacrifice, a tender lamb. Here we are entreating the Lord, wanting to get his ear. And we should offer up a sacrifice of a tender lamb. That lamb may be our own heart before the Lord. Do you want your prayers answered? Be that tender lamb. Romans 8, 36, that is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable sacrifice. Offer yourself that tender lamb to the Lord. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then crucified with Christ. Be that tender lamb. Galatians 2.20 is more than a doctrinal statement to be understood. It's a life to be lived as we get on the altar. Die daily, as Paul said, and intercede for others. Amen. It's a good thing. Why, we have power with God. Imagine being able to move the heart of God, the almighty creator of heaven and earth, the one that could fix anything. Nothing's impossible for. Just got to be willing to die. Paul said, I die daily. Ezekiel 22.30. It's a shame that the Lord had to look. God had to look and couldn't find any. God. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And he had to look and couldn't find anyone. And I sought for men among them that would make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Not here. Not you. Not me. Lord, my heart, your throne, my mind, I want to yield it to you. I want to be that tender lamb. I want to get on that sacrificial altar and offer myself up to you so I can learn pity, compassion, tenderness to people that don't deserve it because they need you. They need your help. Amen. Amen. Potentially dangerous place to be, standing between a sinful people and a holy, righteous, all-powerful God. But that's exactly where Jesus Christ was. Will you, will we, 
join the Lord there. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for your word. And this word, tender. And maybe, Lord, some of us in here, we're not too tough. We're just too busy. Got a lot going on. It's not that we don't care. We just haven't taken the time, and we don't want to take the time because we don't want their problems to be our problems. Father, we can't fix this. You're the one that can. And there's something about us caring, something about us having a tender heart towards others that causes you to move. We've seen it. We know it. We've, we've read it. We want it. Help us, Father, to have a better prayer life. Help us, Lord, to display tenderness to our wife, our husbands, our children, our parents, those at work. Father, many in government need it. They're, they're in for a rough eternity. Help us with this thing of tenderness, God. We don't want to have to go through the tenderizing process, Lord, but if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. It'll be worth it all. Help us with this, Father. Bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.